Welcome to the Root and Remedy podcast, where we discuss all things women's health, hormones, fertility, and body confidence. I'm your host, Vanessa, a women's health nutritionist and the co-founder of Root and Remedy Wellness. You can find our membership as well as all other resources at rootandremedywellness.com. Okay, you guys, I am so excited to get into today's episode because we are talking about probably my favorite topic in the whole wide world, your period, aka your menstrual cycle, aka the coolest thing ever that we can do. And it's so important that we are armed and ready with this information because literally all we are taught when we're younger is that you get a period. If you get a period, that's probably good because it means you're not pregnant. So if you're not trying to get pregnant, celebrate. Um, it usually sucks. And there's nothing you can do about it. So if you've got horrible periods or if your cycle absolutely stinks, then good luck to you. And that's it. What a glorious story we're given. But we know that that's not correct at all. There's actually so much you need to know about your cycle, your literal superpower. It's so freaking cool. And I'm very passionate about this topic, number one, because it's like my life's work to dive into hormones and women's health and fertility and just like help periods not be horrible anymore. But number two, because it really wasn't long ago that I didn't even know what my cycle was or what day my cycle started or when my period was, what anything meant. So I hold this very close to my heart because I completely understand if you are someone where you're like, I'm kind of embarrassed that I don't know anything about my cycle. Like, is is that bad? Should I know more stuff? But I also don't know who to ask and I don't want to sound like I don't know what I'm talking about. So don't worry. Take a deep breath, sit back, relax, because we're going to go through every single phase of your cycle, everything you need to know about your period, how your body changes throughout your cycle, what that means for you. And there is no shame here because how could you possibly have known if nobody taught you? So let's start with the first day of your cycle, which is also the first day of the first phase of your cycle. Your cycle has four different phases. The first phase is called your menstrual phase. And it sounds exactly right. It's the length that you are bleeding. It's your menstruation. So typically your cycle starts the first day of your period. But I want you to remember that the first day of spotting isn't necessarily your period starting just yet. It's the first day of fresh red, dark red blood. So you need a pad, a tampon, a cup, something like that. If you're just using a panty liner, if the blood is pink or brown or another color like that, then that's not the start of your period just yet. You want to wait until you have that fresh red blood. So the first day that you do have that fresh red blood, you can mark that as the first day of your period. And the first day of your cycle, also the first day of your menstrual phase. So this menstrual phase typically is about three to seven days in length. That's optimal. So we don't want it to be more than seven days because that's too much bleeding, but it's also not great if you only bleed for like a day or two, or you'd never feel more than a panty liner. That's not necessarily good either because we want to have a Goldilocks zone with all of your hormones, but especially your menstruation specifically. So three to seven days in length, with at least one medium to heavy flow day. So what's really interesting about your flow is that it's totally subjective, right? For example, my flow, when I think it's like ungodly heavy, I may say to someone, oh my God, I had the heaviest flow. And she could say, okay, well, how many tampons did you go through today? And I would tell her five or something. And she would say, what? That's heavy for you? Like that's a light day for me. It's completely, completely subjective. It's all about your own experience. You usually have nothing to compare it to. So that's why I want to detail out to you now what a light, medium, and heavy flow actually look like. 
So a light flow is you filling one to two regular pads or tampons per day, or about five to 10 milliliters of blood if you're using a menstrual cup. And usually if you're using a cup, they have the amounts along the side. So if you pick it up and you you take a look at it, you can see like 7.5 mils, 15 mils, and you'll be able to see how much your, your cup holds because it's going to be different cup to cup, and it's going to be different depending on the size of cup that you purchased. So that's number one, is that we want to have that one at least medium to heavy day. And that medium to heavy day, medium would be five or three to five pads or tampons in a day, or about 15 to 25 mils in in blood. And then a heavy day would be 25 mils plus in a day. So we've got light one to two pads or tampons, medium three to five, and then heavy five plus, or you do also need to change your products overnight. So if you're waking up and you are leaking in the bed, it is a crime scene. It is a bloodbath. Then that means you are having a heavy flow that day or that night. Typically, we don't love that happening. Not only is it very uncomfortable waking up and having a ton of blood everywhere, and it's probably going to cause you to not have a great sleep because you're worried that you are going to bleed through your sheets and cause a mess, but it also means that you're getting rid of too much blood. So we don't typically want to see that happen. If it does happen, maximum maybe one day in the cycle, but ideally it's not happening at all. So that's essentially your menstruation. During this time, all of your hormones, mostly your steroid hormones, are at their lowest concentration. So things like your estrogen, your progesterone, your testosterone. So it's totally normal for you to feel a little bit more tired, a little more sluggish. You want to be a bit more cozy. You want to hang out and relax and watch a movie as opposed to go out and party. You want to maybe go on a walk or do some yoga instead of hitting the gym and doing a HIIT class or resistance training workout. And that's totally fine. The problem is that sometimes we mistake that amount of relaxation, feeling a little lazy, feeling a little tired, to feeling completely exhausted. So you should not be bedridden. You should not need to call in sick to work. All of those things are completely wrong. Like you should not need to do that. That means that your hormones are out of balance, that there is something going on. Something is wrong with your period or with your body somewhere underneath. So There is a line we don't want to cross when it comes to your period and when it comes to your symptoms. If it is essentially interrupting your day-to-day life, like you can't go do something you would normally be able to do because of symptoms like heavy cramping, constantly bleeding, maybe you're getting headaches or migraines or you're severely bloated or constipated or you have crazy diarrhea, anything like that, that is way, way, way too much. Our pain should not be that high and you should not have anything that's getting in the way of you just living your life. Like that is completely unacceptable. And I'm going to tell you right now, if anyone has told you otherwise, they're wrong. They are completely wrong. That is not right. There are, of course, like the odd chance or the odd amount of people that do experience something like endometriosis where you have like an ER level amount of pain every single period. But that's more rare. I'm not going to say it's fully rare because unfortunately more and more people are struggling with endometriosis every just as time goes on. But essentially, that's not the vast majority of the population. So we want to move forward as if you can get rid of heavy, painful periods, that you can balance those hormones. And then if you do all the steps that you need to do and you're doing all the things that would typically balance those hormones, then all right, we do need to look a little bit further. Maybe medical intervention is needed. Maybe there is some kind of diagnosis there. But we don't want to jump right to the gun and say, oh my God, there's something wrong with your body. There isn't. You're just out of balance in some way. So whether it's stress, digestion, nutrition, et cetera, nutrient deficiencies are a big one as well. 
something is out of whack and we need to fix that. So that's the menstrual phase. You should feel a little bit more sluggish, a little bit more sleepy maybe, and you should still be able to go about your day. You will constantly be bleeding and that's totally fine, but we shouldn't have excessively heavy flows or excessively light flows. We want to have that Goldilocks zone. So now at the end of the period, the day after your period ends, you begin something called your follicular phase. Now, this one's a little tricky because technically your follicular phase starts the first day of your cycle, like your menstruation is part of your follicular phase. But for ease and because a lot of like the cycle sinking resources talk about four different phases, we're just going to go with those four phases. So menstruation or your menstrual phase is your first phase. Follicular is your second phase. And this is your bridge between your menstruation, your period, and your ovulation or your ovulatory phase. So in this phase, now we get a little bit of a change. We get some estrogen that comes on the scene and we love estrogen. Estrogen is a fabulous hormone when she stays in her lane. And I'll get into that in a little bit. But estrogen is an amazing hormone because what's fascinating is that it wears a lot of hats when it comes to what it does for your body. Number one is that it thickens your uterine lining. So if you were to get pregnant, if you were to fertilize that egg and it implants in the uterus, the reason why it can implant in your uterus is because estrogen has been building that nice, thick, cushy blood lining for that egg to implant, grow, and nurture. So without estrogen, we would have no uterine lining. We'd have no period at all. So we need to make sure we've got healthy levels of estrogen to build up that uterine lining. It also is really important for creating something called fertile cervical fluid. Now, if you don't know this already, prepare to have your mind blown because when I first heard this, I was like, what? Like my body does this. This is absolutely bananas. And it's that you create something called fertile cervical fluid. And that is essentially stuff that comes out of you, comes out of your vaginal canal created by the cervix, created by estrogen, rising estrogen levels. And essentially it's the white creamy or stretchy clear slippery stuff you find when you're wiping after you pee. I think most people know what I'm talking about when it comes to finding in your underwear or maybe just on the toilet paper. And that stuff is what keeps sperm alive in your body. So when you have fertile cervical fluid, it's white and creamy or stretchy, clear, slippery. You can keep sperm alive in your body for up to five days, which is amazing and also kind of terrifying at the same time, depending how you look at it. Our bodies are so fascinating. So you will start to create some fertile cervical fluid typically near the end of your follicular phase. As we are approaching ovulation, your body begins to be fertile. So this all starts in the menstrual phase. You get a bump in something called follicle-stimulating hormone. And what follicle-stimulating hormone does is it communicates from your brain to your ovaries and says, hey, ovaries, all right, in about two weeks' time, we want to ovulate because we want to get pregnant. So make sure that you grow and mature a healthy, dominant egg to ovulate out, wait in the fallopian tubes for sperm in about two weeks. So your ovaries say, okay, gotcha. And as we move into the follicular phase, you start to create estrogen, which helps to grow and nurture those growing follicles and vice versa. Those growing follicles also create estrogen. We call estrogen an ovarian hormone. So those growing follicles, those growing eggs, your ovaries say, gotcha, sounds good. We're going to select 15 to 20 eggs, start to mature them for ovulation. Even though when ovulation comes around, you're only going to release one of those eggs Sometimes in rare cases, two or three, that's how we end up with twins or triplets, for example. But in most cases, we're going to mature a bunch at the same time, and then your body's going to select the best one. 
And again, your body in her infinite wisdom, mother nature is so incredible because think about if your body only selected one egg to mature for ovulation and that egg was a dud, then that entire cycle is a waste because that egg's going to be ovulated out and it's not going to work. So your body, very smart, very intelligent, starts to mature 15 to 20 so that essentially your ovaries have their pick of the litter. They can say, okay, this one is the best egg. It has the best chance of survival, best chance of getting fertilized. It's the healthiest one. We're going to ovulate that one out into the fallopian tube and all the rest are going to be reabsorbed. So that's all happening in this follicular phase. Your estrogen is starting to rise. You're going to create some fertile cervical fluid and you're going to notice you kind of come out of that menstrual phase fatigue, that menstrual phase almost kind of slump because you're not bleeding anymore. You're getting an increase in estrogen, also a bit of an increase in testosterone as well as ovulation approaches. So typically you start to feel better and better throughout this phase. You start to have more energy, more brain power, and you're just feeling more like your optimal self. Then we move into our third phase, which is our ovulatory phase. Arguably most people's favorite phase because it's your get shit done phase. It is like your superwoman phase because all of your hormones, your steroid hormones are at their highest concentration. So things like your estrogen, your testosterone as well are at high, high concentrations. So you've got a great sex drive. You're hella social. You usually feel your most confident. You can take on the most stress. You can also take on the most at work. For example, push your body most in the gym. So it is a great phase. Typically, this phase only lasts a few days, though, because you are right around ovulation, and ovulation only needs about a couple days to take place. So as the follicular phase comes to an end, estrogen is rising, rising, rising. Then we switch to the ovulatory phase. We produce even more of that fertile cervical fluid because your body is like, okay, we are ready to ovulate. If there is any sperm present, make sure you latch onto that. Make sure you keep it alive and well and nourished so that we can shuttle it through the cervix out to meet the fallopian tubes and fertilize that egg. I always say your body always wants to get pregnant. Even if you don't want to get pregnant, in your fertile years, your body always wants to get pregnant. So every single cycle, you are on defense if you are not trying to get pregnant. Your body's doing everything it can to get pregnant. That's what our bodies are made to do. So it's interesting when it comes to fertile cervical fluid, but also kind of frustrating because if you aren't trying to get pregnant, you're fighting a battle. If you are trying to get pregnant, often then this is going to be working in your favor. But of course, there can be complications with that as well. Everybody has their own journey. So the ovulatory phase, we've got that really fertile cervical fluid. Estrogen is reaching peak levels. And as soon as estrogen reaches that maximum level, which is about 40% higher than your typical estrogen levels, your estrogen almost has to double, which is amazing then you get a trigger of something called luteinizing hormone. So remember how at the beginning I said follicle-stimulating hormone is signaled by the brain, tells the ovaries to start producing estrogen to mature follicles for ovulation. Now, once your estrogen has hit that peak amount, it signals back to the brain to produce something called luteinizing hormone. And luteinizing hormone is what ruptures that follicle that was having, that was growing that egg and housing that egg, ruptures that follicle, which will release the egg into the fallopian tube. It essentially is the hormone that triggers ovulation. So we get this massive increase in luteinizing hormone. You can learn how to test this, which is really, really cool when you learn how to track your cycle. We've got that in other episodes. 
But once that ovulation takes place, that follicle ruptures, then for the next 12 to 24 hours, your egg is going to wait in one of your fallopian tubes. It's going to sit there. It's going to watch the clock. It's going to hope that sperm comes and fertilizes it. If sperm does come and fertilize it, then over the next six or so days, it's going to travel the length of the fallopian tube and then hopefully implant into the uterus and continue to grow. If sperm doesn't come and fertilize it, it's going to be reabsorbed or die and be shed with the next period. That is essentially your body saying, all right, no success, no bueno this cycle. Let's shed our lining and try this sucker again. Let's see if we can get it done another time. So depending on your goals, this is really cool to know. If you are trying to get pregnant, then it's really helpful for you to know exactly when you're fertile, exactly when that ovulatory window is. And then vice versa, if you're not trying to get pregnant, you also want to know when that fertile window is because you want to know when you can get pregnant so that you can avoid it. So these are also things that we teach you when we learn how to cycle track. You can track all of this to a it's really, really cool. Things like your basal body temperature, your cervical fluid, your body can teach you so much when you know where to look. Okay, let's get back to the ovulatory phase. So that follicle ruptures, ovulation takes place. Let's say you didn't get fertilized, that egg didn't fertilize, then it can't implant in the uterus. So the cycle continues on and we have what's called our next phase, which is your luteal phase. So, so far we've had our menstrual phase, we have our follicular phase, ovulatory phase, and now the second half of your cycle is your luteal phase. Once ovulation has taken place, we get a bump in a new hormone and this hormone is called progesterone. Progesterone. So estrogen should fall back down and be at moderately low levels for the rest of the cycle. And now we get a trade and we get a big, big, big increase in progesterone. And just like estrogen, we love progesterone, but we love progesterone for different reasons. So progesterone wears a few other hats. Number one, it maintains the lining in your uterus. So when it comes to progesterone and when it comes to that gap from ovulation to your next period, you have that roughly two week gap because of progesterone. Because this is the time when your body is sensing, okay, is there an egg that is implanted in the uterus? Yes or no. Do we need to continue creating progesterone to sustain this pregnancy? Yes or no. And that process takes about a week to two weeks. So typically you will get your next period about 12 to 14 days after your ovulation. Once your body's gotten the signal, okay, nope, there was not a successful pregnancy here, nothing implanted. Let's shed that lining and start again. And progesterone is the main governor of that because it maintains that lining in your uterus until it drops at the end of your cycle and it sheds that lining. If progesterone stays high, then that lining maintains in the uterus and that fetus continues to grow. So a word to the wise, if you are focused on your fertility and you're trying to get pregnant, you want to make sure that you are focusing on optimal levels of progesterone. And we talk about this in other episodes, but your progesterone levels are really, really dependent on your stress, your nutrients. So if you're dealing with a lot of nutrient deficiencies, a lot of stress, you're having a lot of issues in your life when it comes to burdens on your stress levels on your body, then we are usually going to struggle with our progesterone production and that's not what we want. So that's a very important thing that you're focusing on if you're trying to get pregnant, that you've got optimal levels of progesterone. Even if you're not trying to get pregnant, progesterone is also your anti-PMS hormone. So if you've got low levels of progesterone in the luteal phase, you are going to feel anxious, moody, irritable, have trouble sleeping, be out of complete control of your emotions. You're going to want to cry all the time. And essentially, 
essentially just feel awful the week to two weeks leading up to your period. So having healthy levels of progesterone is really, really important, not only for fertility, but also just your quality of life. So when we are working on balancing your hormones, balancing PMS, getting rid of difficult cycles, usually we are focusing on estrogen and progesterone and that balance because you can also run into problems when it comes to your estrogen levels. Remember how I said after that ovulatory phase, estrogen should drop down to relatively low levels. If it doesn't, then, and if it stays high, then we can run into a lot of problems. You can have tender breasts, you can get acne, you can feel super bloated and very constipated. And then that will also lead you to have heavier, more painful, more PMS-ridden periods. And that's the opposite of what we want. So when it comes to balancing your hormones, we really focus on that estrogen and progesterone ratio. And that is essentially the key to getting rid of PMS and healing those cycle issues. We just want to balance those hormones from the inside out. And we want to get at the root of why they're imbalanced in the first place because hormones never become imbalanced for no reason. There's always a root cause or multiple at bay underneath those imbalanced hormones. So throughout this luteal phase, now you know you get that increase in progesterone. All the other hormones are low or relatively low. And this luteal phase ideally will be about 11 to 16 days. So your menstrual phase is about three to seven. Your follicular phase is pretty variable depending on your stress levels, but will roughly be about a week to 10 days in a typical cycle. Your ovulatory phase is about three to four. And then your luteal phase is about 11 to 16. We don't necessarily want less than 11, especially not less than nine or else we know you've got really low progesterone levels and it's really hard for you to have a long luteal phase unless you're pregnant because your progesterone is created by only one structure in the body. So remember how I talked about that follicle that was housing that egg as it was growing and maturing for ovulation. When that follicle ruptures and releases that egg, that follicle becomes something called the corpus luteum and that corpus luteum is what creates progesterone in the body. I know there's a lot of terms, a lot of things to keep track of, but essentially just remember, you need to ovulate in order to create progesterone. That's why sometimes we want to think twice about being on hormonal birth control because hormonal birth control shuts down your ovulation. That's the primary way it works. And that's also why it's so effective because if you can't ovulate, if there's no egg waiting to get fertilized, then it's pretty hard for you to get pregnant. But then of course, there's no such thing as a free lunch. So if you're not ovulating, then we're not going through the same hormonal cascade of that increase in estrogen, the follicle stimulating hormone, the luteinizing hormone, the progesterone. None of those things are happening. And often women will feel very monotone. They'll struggle a lot with PMS because they're not getting that natural boost in progesterone that is helping their body metabolize different hormones. They're just getting a ton of estrogen, a ton of synthetic progesterone that doesn't react the same and doesn't behave the same in the body. So it's not that hormonal birth control is bad or that you need to be off of it by any means. It's just about having the tools and the education to know what's going on under the surface, how hormonal birth control is actually impacting you so that you can make the best decision for you and your body moving forward. So in a nutshell, we've got our menstrual phase, we've got the follicular phase, we've got the ovulatory phase, and the luteal phase. Those are the four phases of your cycle. Now let's take a second to talk about cycle length because just as your cycle phases have specific uh, lengths, your overall cycle 
has an optimal length. And remember, it's not just one day. So it's not that you have to have a 28-day cycle by any stretch of the imagination. I know that's the classic one that we all are taught and use. It's like you ovulate on day 14 and your cycle should be 28 days. That's an average cycle, but your cycle can be anywhere from 24 to 36 days and still be totally healthy. So as long as it's not less than 24 days or longer than 36, you're in the clear. And when I say your cycle length, that's period to period. So you want to say the first day of your period up until the first day of your next period. Remember, spotting doesn't count. It's the first day of a fresh red bleed. So day one to day one, that length of time is going to be your cycle length, period to period. And you should be able to ovulate somewhere in the middle of that. Every phase should be present and you should have a good period all within the same cycle. So those are essentially the main takeaways when it comes to your menstrual cycle. We've got those four main phases. We've got the cycle length. All of that is so important for us to know because if we are not given the resources to understand our cycles, it's really hard to know what to compare it to. We don't know. Am I having a normal period? Does everybody feel this way? All my friends are talking about cramps, so it must be totally normal. But we're here to tell you that that's not normal. It's not normal for you to be completely bedridden and toppled over in pain. And it's about time that we end this status quo that periods suck and that women just deserve to feel like crap all the time. I don't know who decided that and I'm pretty over it. So this is why we're talking about your menstrual cycles. We're giving you these tools and we're going to have a ton of other episodes all throughout this podcast explaining even more. We also dive into this so much in our membership. So we've got the Root and Remedy membership which is essentially giving you every single tool you could possibly need to kiss PMS goodbye, get rid of unpredictable, difficult cycles, heal digestive issues, lessen stress levels, understand what to eat without all of the drama, all of these beautiful things we're teaching you. And one of the main ones is meet your menstrual cycle. So think of this episode on steroids. I'm walking you through everything you could possibly need to know about your cycle, all the phases, how your body changes, how to start tracking your cycle for conception and birth control. So your next step, if you are open to it, is looking into our membership. We've got three different tiers. We've got a DIY. We've got one with additional support. And then we've got a third tier that offers you being a one-on-one client with me if you are looking for that additional layer of support and additional layer of guidance. So you can find that at rootandremedywellness.com slash membership. And you can use the code podcast for 20% off your first month of the membership. All right, we're going to close out this podcast. If you liked this podcast and you find this information helpful, please follow us or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts because it really helps to support the show. And it just helps us understand what you like to hear more of because we want to create this content for you. It's all tailored for you to help you understand your body, learn more about your body and feel the best in your own skin. Thank you so much for listening to the Root and Remedy podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, if you like our information and find this helpful, then it would mean the world to us if you would leave a five-star rating and review and follow or subscribe to us anywhere you listen to your podcast. It really helps to get the show out to more people. It shows us the most support and it also allows us to get even better guests so we can bring you the best content possible. And of course, if you want to dive more into our membership, you can use the code podcast for 20% off your first month. Okay. We'll see you next Sunday. Thanks for listening.